podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest And as a matter of fact It's time to get it off our chests Cricket, 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 cricket Hello folks and welcome to another edition of County Cricket Natters A full week's county championship action And what a thrilling week it was too We're here to round it all up Sadly no Annie with us again this week, but she will be back very shortly. We miss you, Annie, if you're listening. We miss you. We can't wait to have you back. But we have we have got, well, I'm in esteemed company, really. Myself, Sam Dalling, I've got alongside me as ever. He was even the man holding the show up on his own last week. Dan Whiting, who claims to have a hangover that is not proportionate to the amount of alcohol he drunk. But I just don't believe him. Morning, Sam. Yes, the Earl of Hanover has made a, is an unwelcome guest in my head this morning, it's got to be said. But, you know, I'm a trooper. I'll battle on. I'll stick in there, sunshine. Well, it's been all cricket for you, hasn't it, this week? It's been madness, yeah. I've been Cheltenham. I've been umpiring yesterday. It had the might of Southgate Adelaide versus Watford Town. And uh, I'm back to Cheltenham tomorrow for another four-dayer. Oh, the cricketing fun doesn't stop for Mr. Whiting. And we're delighted to be joined by a very special guest. Once again, you heard him on the show a little bit earlier in the summer. We've managed to coax him back on as well. We're absolutely delighted. Good morning. Good morning, Bumble. How are you? Well, I'm all right. I'm not got a hangover. And the best thing for hangover is a full English. Get yourself a full English, a bit of orange juice, a coffee and a brisk walk. Oh, I reckon he might do the first three, but I reckon part four might not happen, Bumble. <laughs> no. That sounds sounds a bit like heavy exercise to me, that Bumble. <laughs> yeah. You look like an athlete to me, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Anyway, moving wow. swiftly on. <laughs> Stunned silence. I don't think I've ever heard Dan writing without the ability to come back with a response. So there you go. Uh, you stumped him, Bumble, for once. Right, let's start in Division 1. Festival cricket, outgang ground cricket. Isn't it wonderful? Down at Cheltenham, Dan was there with the Gloucestershire live stream all four days. A quick run through of the scores for you. Hampshire ended up winning by six wickets. They had a shortened day one because of the heat. Hampshire batted first, so it, it took them to midway through day two. They ended up with four, five, seven. Uh, James Vince made 95. Keith Barker made Fifty, but the innings was really all about Felix Organ, 118 for him. Gloucestershire, 201 in their first dig, 59 from Ollie Price. Graham Van Buren also made 58. Liam Dawson took four for following on a better effort of it. Gloucestershire, 337. Miles Hammond made 100. He was dropped three times. And just as it looked like it might be petering out towards a draw, upstepped Kyle Abbott. He took a hat-trick to rip through Gloucestershire. In that second innings, 6 for 76, he finished with Hampshire knocked off the 82. They required four down. Dan, I mean, from a Gloucestershire perspective first, a disappointing game, which probably looked at one point they were going to hold on for the draw. Yeah, it was nailed on for a draw until Kyle Abbott's hat-trick. I nearly missed it on the commentary because one was before lunch and the other two <laughs> after lunch. So it actually threw me. But uh, we had hundreds from Hammond and Organ 
there. So uh, I thought that was excellent. Uh, but Bumble put on my on my Twitter feed beforehand. He said Cheltenham is one of the venues, and I've never been there before. And you're right, Bumble it is an absolutely wonderful, wonderful place. Well, when when Sam started to this podcast, he he talked about festival cricket. And going back to when I was a player, which is a long, long time, and then coaching, the players really look forward to these festival grounds. It's an event, and and it's very English, and it's great tradition. And so Cheltenham is one of the very best grounds. You're talking about the best grounds in the world, and you get asked time and time again, oh, what's your favourite ground? And they're almost willing you to say Lords or the MCG or Sydney. Two of my very favourite grounds are Cheltenham and Scarborough because there's a fantastic atmosphere. And I don't know, it, it just when you turn up there, it, everything's right with the world. I think it's it, it, they're, they're just great venues. I absolutely love Scarborough. I was up there last year. It was meant to be a four-day game. Unfortunately, Somerset capitulated and it was only two days, but uh, we hung around and had the full four days. Went to a testimonial pie and peas evening for Adam Live, which was absolutely yes. fantastic. Yes. <laughs> it was just brilliant. The whole pie thing. And peas. Yeah. Pie and peas for a fiver. Quiz night. It was fantastic. Brilliant. You can't go wrong. I mean, as a player, when you turned up at Scarborough, I mean, the abuse you got was lovely. It was really <laughs> good abuse. Get back over that M62. We don't want you a lot over here. It was brilliant. Absolutely loved it. And then I used to, I mean, our big mates with David Bairstow, so I've got a special place for Johnny Bairstow. And we'd, we'd sort of play up there for festival cricket at the end of the season. And David Bairstow, he would lead the charge. After play, he would just say, right, we're going out at ground, turn right. There's a grand pub there. When we finish at that pub, we're going to chip shop opposite. And that's exactly what we did. We had a lovely time. <laughs> going back uh, to the cricket, though, Hampshire. <laughs> look. I was going to ask like, you, Dan. I was going to ask you. They look like they're the real deal. That bowling attack there, Abbott, Abbas, Barker. There's absolute quality. And, the, you know, the pitch started to wear. Liam Dawson will pick up wickets on wearing pitches. I'm not so sure he'll pick up wickets, you know, on, on the posher pitches as they say, but once the pitch starts to wear, I think he'll, he'll start to, to pick things up. Um, but that, those three seamers are absolute world-class. Well, they're a remarkable county, really, because they're fresh from winning the T20 Blast last weekend, and they had the strongest bowling attack on finals day, but it was completely different. The seam attack was completely different. You've got Wood, Fuller, Wheel and Ellis playing there. So they've just got depth, haven't they, Hampshire? Yeah, and then they've got people like Mason Crane in the wings and, and people like that. So, uh, uh, I mean, they're a county with money. There's uh, a pseudo-test match playing county, aren't they? But um, obviously, you know, they've got sort of money behind them from from a benefactor. So, uh, but, yeah. you know, fair play. I, I, think, I think they'll push Surrey all the way. Well, one well, thing they don't have is test calls. They don't have test calls. And I'm not sure they're that keen on producing test cricketers. And so they're in a great position in, in that first division because they don't get reduced like Surrey and, and they're at the top of the pile and Lancashire. And then you go into League Two, a, a, a club which is fantastic, Durham, with 15 professionals and they've got yeah. three out on England duty. Yeah, it could be crucial, but... What they've got to do is catch Surrey and that juggernaut just 
keeps on running. They were at home. They played Essex and they claimed mm. victory by six wickets. Essex made 271 first up. Now, it could have been really embarrassing. 91 for six, but Adam Rossington made his first hundred, first Red Bull 100 in an Essex shirt. So they made 271. Surrey again, 319. They were in a little bit of trouble. 103 for six. And then Will Jacks, who we will talk about. 150. His first 100 was relatively sedate. It then took him 16 balls to move from 100 to 150. No better way to celebrate the day you get your county cap. Essex, second time around, 208. Dan Worrell, he'd taken six for in the first innings. He took five for in the second. So 11 in the game for him. Surrey knocked off the 162. They required. Ollie Pope came out batting at six with uh, four to win. Came in first ball, reverse swept it for four. So that's the kind of confidence they have Bumble have you seen much of Will Jacks I mean he played a lot of T20 cricket that's kind of how he first burst onto the scene but he looks a proper Red Bull player too yeah consistency is what he's now striving for to you know he's an eye-catching 100 150 and now you've got to keep doing it you've got to get a shed full of hundreds to put yourself in the frame to get him alongside Ollie Pope Dan Lawrence, who would be in the game and had a, a, a quiet time. And so consistency for all these young players scoring hundreds is a big thing. But Surrey are Man City, aren't they? They are Manchester City uh, of the cricket world. They're, they're money bags. They've got as much money as they want. They're well supported. And they have to be. You know, they have to be at the top. Second, you know, I know the gaffer, Alex Stewart. Second, he's not good enough. They have to win it. Yeah, and Dan... Did you see much of, were you doing much Gloucestershire stuff last year? Because Dan Worrell, who I think is a, a superb bowler for them, plays for Adelaide Strikers out in the Big Bash, and he's come over here, a couple of year deal, with a view to moving it with his family, have moved over, he's going to live here full time, but he's been a brilliant signing for him. He might not get the headlines of some of the other players, but he just takes wickets. There's a wonderful story about him, about his curved run. And it was due to having a tree in his garden when he was a kid. So he used to run around this tree. And it probably takes Bumble back to his time back in the John Player League in the 70s when they used to paint a line on the pitch. So bowlers used to have a curved run, didn't they, to try and get around the fact that they had a... Was it a 15-yard run-up, Bumble? Yeah, 15 yards. And there were two (laughs) exceptionals. There were one called Joel Garner and one called Richard Hadley whose run was inside 15 yards, so it was no problem to them at all. It was no different. <laughs> was it Was it John Price at Middlesex as well? He had a big curved run. Well, he used to change gear. John Sidney Ernest Price, he used to start in an enormous curve, and on the way down, his, his, his non-balling arm would be sort of changing gear. Peter Lever, Peter Lever at Lanks had a long, curving run, and Raymond Illingworth changed him into a straight run in Australia, 1971, came back a better bowler. Okay, but yeah, going back to Dan Worrell, yeah, I mean he's a he's a quality operator. He's he's on the money. He's there or thereabouts. He doesn't bowl much rubbish, and uh, you know I think he's there. Uh, Adam Rossington got a hundred in that game. Yeah. I think he's been a cracking signing. There's not many Barnet fans out there who are professional cricketers, but Rosso's one of them. So big one for Adam Rossington. Yeah, and he signed a longer-term deal with Essex, isn't he? So he's going to be there for a couple of years. Adam Wheater is stepping aside. They've got Michael Pepper too, but it looks like Rossington... It was a bit strange, wasn't it? Unexpected at the start of the season, but it looks like, certainly for him, it's worked out to be pretty good. Yeah, it was. 
they've got some keepers in reserve. Buttleman's another one who can keep wicket yeah. as well. Will Buttleman. So uh, Essex are a good county. I expect them to do better this year, though. I think they'll be a little bit disappointed. A few of their fans were saying that they're scoring too slowly. You know, they're playing on wickets where Simon Harmer comes into the game. And the guys at the top of the order in Wesley, Cook, Brown, are scoring runs, but they're doing it slowly, so they're not picking up batting bonus points. And uh, I think that's been there to their detriment this year. It'll be interesting to see how they fare without Harmer for a few weeks. I, I haven't quite worked out how much county championship cricket he might miss, because back in the South Africa test squad, I know that series isn't until much later in August. So they're in, in fourth, but really it's going to be, you've got to have to catch Surrey and that is going to be some, some, job right let's go to the defending champions who to be honest they're not in with a hope at all this year relegation is more likely than the title much more likely for Warwickshire they were at home to Kent and Kent ended up winning by 177 runs which is quite remarkable given they were bowled out for 165 first up Ollie Hunnam Dolby six for 40 he had them 43 for five, and Hannon Dorby had all of them. Now, the wickets he had at that point were Ben Compton, Zach Crawley, Daniel Belldrummond, Joe Denley, and Jack Leaning. So, I mean, as Fifers go, that's pretty pretty up there. 225 for Warwickshire, Sam Hayne made 99, and Fifer for debutant Navdeep Saini, who I think there was a spell where I think he bowled four no balls in a row, wasn't it? And then took a wicket. Kent, 384 for nine, second up. Joe Denley, 141. Jordan Cox, 79. Meant Warwickshire needed 325 and they were bowled out for what was a relatively pitiful 177. Matt Milnes, 4 for 11. Quinn and Milnes took five wickets between them in the space of 30 balls. And there was a record bumble for Sam Billings, who took 12 catches in the game mm-hmm. for Kent. I mean, it's been great to see him get a little bit of test recognition. He, it was quite funny when he was in the ashes and he ended up playing that test and he is quite self-deprecating and said, it would be very Sam Billings thing to do for me to drive all that way and then not play. But he did play and it's been good to see. Well, he's an excellent cricketer and he can play every format as well. And he's a more than competent wicketkeeper and he took his chance when he played for England. He'll never let him down. You know, he's a, he's a solid citizen and, you know, he's a squad player, I would think, for England. But, it would appear that if Ben Folks, you know, falls over, or, or, or it, it'll be Sam Billings, and he won't let him down at all. What it should—it's just not firing. I watched them at Old Trafford, and Sibley played absolutely magnificently. He got 164, I think, carried his bat at Old Trafford against an absolute world-class attack, and I thought this is a different Don Sibley. And I know he's got runs since, but he hasn't got consistent runs. Alex Davis moves from lengths, can't get a run. He just can't get a run. So they're misfiring. They're, they're ju- it's just not happening for Warwickshire. I just wonder what sort of pitches they're playing on. Hannon Dolby getting the first five and some really good players. What, what sort of pitches are these? What do you think of Sam Hayne, Bumble? He's in a real purple patch. I mean, some would say he's been in a purple patch his entire career in List A cricket, but consistently this season, he's scoring run after run in different formats. I think it's Jonathan Trott. I think it's him. I don't think it is a bloke called Sam Haynes. I think he's <laughs> Trott playing under a different name. He's ex- exactly the same. Yeah. 
I wasn't yeah. sure where you were going. I, thought, I didn't know if you were saying it was the coaching influence of Jonathan Trott who is there no, as well, or it actually no, is him. Jonathan <laughs> Trott. He is Jonathan Trott. I don't think Jonathan Trott's ever retired. I think that's him. <laughs> there, you, there you go. You heard it here first. Jonathan Trott has continued his playing career. Dan, for <laughs> Kent, big win that. Massive win. Massive really? win, especially if we're going into three divisions of six next year, which seems to be you know, the idea being floated around at the moment. We go into three divisions of six. I think four will go out of division one and two from division two. And it's a real, it's a, it's a battle royale down there, isn't it now? Because Warwickshire are in the mix and they could go down as defending champions. As Lancashire did, I think, Bumble in 2011 and Middlesex yep. did in 2016 yep. when they won it. So the yep. following year they go down and it's, uh, it goes to show cricket's a funny old game, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Now, wasn't it? I'm just trying to rack my brains. I haven't got a time subscription, but wasn't there something that came out? I'm just trying to find it. Didn't Elizabeth Ammon write a piece this week where the latest thinking is potentially a, a top tier of 12 with what basically six feeder clubs? I mean, we know what that means, really, however they try and present it. it, 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 it who's doing all this thinking? Who is it? <laughs> we know. Know. Social media, Bumble. <laughs> Well-known grapevine. <laughs> I'm I'm a, a big fan of, of three divisions of six. It was muted by Ian McLaren back in the 90s. Um, he called them conferences, or call them what you like, but three divisions of six, one up, one down, I think would be really good cricket. And I would only play 10 matches, but I'd play them in summer. I wouldn't play at the beginning of the season, play them at the height of summer, and it means that your players are ready to play, that, it's a quality game that I would be looking for, not a quantity game. And I know that people would say, oh, I can't see enough of it. I'd even go so far as to say, well, I, I wouldn't mind a playoff at the end of it. Be aware that no other country plays more than 10 four-day matches. Why do we be... But then again, nobody plays that flaming hundred. Anyway. Well, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll stay clear yeah. of that one. But you're right. Even Sam Northeast, Sam Northeast was interviewed on his way back by Matt Roller of Crick Info last night. I was reading it this morning, and the last thing was, "Well, how are you going to celebrate?" He's like, "Well, I've got a barbecue with my mates. It's pre-planned. I might celebrate a bit on Sunday, and then it's back to the county grind because they're playing again uh, on Monday. There's another round starting, so I know as much as we on the outside want them to play 14, 16, 18 games, I'm not sure how popular it is with the players. Well, let, let me let me just say, as a player. And a former coach, that you can't do it. It's impossible. I'm, I was, I'm going to put in brackets. I coached Wazim Akram. What can I tell Wazim Akram? I can't. <laughs> One of the greatest cricketers we've ever seen. He couldn't do it. He just physically couldn't do it. Ben Stokes has come out with the strongest statement you could ever imagine, and he's England's superstar cricketer, Jack Leaning. At the back of Cricket Monthly magazine, tucked away, says it's an absolute joke. Yeah. It's unsustainable. We can't do it. Somebody listen. Yeah, it does yeah, seem something's to be. got to give somewhere on the line. And uh, sadly, I think it might be the 50 over competition, which we're world champions at, but we saw Stokes, you know drop that this week. And I think that the the Royal London Cup might be the uh, the casualty. Two things, Dan, two things, two things about the, the Royal London Cup, the 50-over competition, two things. 
It's a few years ago that Michael Atherton was musing. We were chatting away. He said, don't play domestic 50-over cricket. Just play World Cup 50-over. Every country is the same. You don't play 50-over. You just play a World Cup. That's one thing. The other thing, play it at the start of the season. Have it as a straight knockout to include minor counties. And that's the yeah. pipe opener start to the season, then you get into county cricket, and then you get into the T20 blast. Don't mention the 100. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be for that, playing it early part of the season. Um, I mean, it's interesting what I thought, I mean, we're going on a, on a tangent, but I wonder if, if there's any real point in bilateral T20 internationals anymore, because it's not like the players, just play World Cups in that, because, I mean, the boards probably wouldn't have it. But the players are still playing. If you're playing T20 leagues around the world, then you're still playing the equivalent of international cricket in quality. If you're playing IPL and Big Bash and you've got that pressure. So whether there's much value in bilateral T20 series, I don't know. There's Do one know, reason, I, Sam, and that's bits what, of paper uh, with the Queen on it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've, I've started uh, a commentator's bingo. You know, you have commentator's bingo, which yeah. is great. Pick them up. And how many times do commentators mention the IPL? Just, I mean, it's like every three minutes. Well, the IPL, he did this in the IPL, the IPL, the IPL. Yeah. Give it a rest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll try I'll try and leave it out of my commentary this week for Gloucestershire v Northants Bumble, all right? <laughs> I'll tell you why they You're... keep mentioning it. They keep mentioning it because they want a gig. Yeah. Well, yeah, there is that. There is that. Uh, right. Back to county cricket. Let's go to, to Northants, who faced Lancashire. And in the end, it was quite a close one, but Lancashire came out on top. Uh, Four-wicket victory. Northants, 2-3-5 up top. Lewis McManus, 65, wicket keeper uh, on loan from Hampshire. I think he's still on loan. Debutant, Washington Sunder, 5 for 76 for him. Lancashire all out for 132. Jack White, 5 for 14. What a bowling performance for him. Uh, Northants, second up. 174. Ryan Rickleton, who will join up with the South Africa Test Squad in a couple of weeks. He made 59 unbeaten. Five for 41 for Will Williams, I want to ask Bumble about in a second. So 278 Lanks needed to win. Potentially quite uncomfortable. Josh Bahannon made 100. Looked like they were going to cruise it. He got out. A little bit of a wobble, potentially. Northants fancied their way back into it. But then the two chaps I've already mentioned, Washington Sundar and Will Williams, 69 unbroken in 27 overs. Williams had come in as a kind of night, what do they call them? Night Hawks or whatever they are these days. Two not out for the first hour of his day. But they saw them home. Good win for Lanks, Bumble. Have you seen much of Will Williams yet? He was, young, he was picked out of club cricket. He was playing down in Bridgewater. Uh, Lanks picked him up on a short-term deal and I think they've signed him for a couple of years now. Well, Glenn Chappell, the head coach, is very shrewd and he's got his finger on the pulse as to what a cricketer is and where he's come from. Williams is from Australia. He's a solid citizen. He's a no-nonsense Australian-type bowler and he's got lots of experience. So that was a good signing. They needed backup and they needed um, another pace bowler with Saqib not being available, Jimmy Anderson, of course, not being available and they've had a couple of injuries as well. But that, that was a real good win. I was sort of in contact with Mark Chilton and he said, we don't want to chase more than 200. This is a poor pitch. Uh, 200 would be difficult. And of course, they had to chase, what was it, 280 um, and, and got there. And 
you know, it was an important win for them because it just keeps them in touch. The third, they've got a long way to go after 10 matches uh, to catch Surrey and to catch Hampshire, but it was important for them to, to get a win. Great character there, the character that perhaps they didn't show in T20 finals there. And Dan, I know North Ants is a club relatively close to your heart. Battling performance there, just couldn't quite get it over the line. Yeah, they've done well. They punched above their weight, Northamptonshire. Everyone thinks that they were going to sort of finish bottom this year. And Gareth Berg hasn't been around much recently. He's been coaching in Italy. But Ben Sanderson, what, I mean, we talk about him regularly. What a bowler he is. I mean, he's, he's, he's there regularly taking wickets. They've recruited well as well in... Ryan Rickleton, who I think we described him last week on the show, sounding as if he's a 1960s detective, but he's a, he's a good player. And uh, Vasconcelos gave up the captaincy yeah. this week. What's all that about? Well, I think it was a case of, uh, I mean, it was thrust upon him. Well, I say thrust, but it was a relatively late decision, wasn't it? We, you know, it was Rossington was meant to be it. Young player, and I think he just made I think it's quite a brave decision and quite a sensible one he actually decided it was affecting his batting game and it must be quite hard it's easy for us to criticize on the outside and I'm not saying you were but I I actually quite admire him for giving it up and Will Young's going to take over take has taken over as skipper um so yeah maybe maybe just a little bit I mean he was the the main run scorer and for someone so young to also be captain perhaps it was just a bit too much all at once yeah, the way he plays as well, he, he tees off from ball one, Vasconcelos, and uh, I wonder if he is possibly perceived as being reckless with his wicket, you know, but that's just the way he plays. He's an opening batsman who, who goes at it from, from the start, and I wonder if you can sort of set the tone being captain like that, because you are going to get out playing like that, and uh, I wonder if, if that go, that's gone against him. Well, you know, I recall Liam Livingstone with the captaincy at Lancashire and, you know, very young and decided, no, this is not for me. It's affecting everything else that I do. And and he backed off it. And and so, you know, you can, you can get them too young. You can get a captain too young, especially if there's a lot of responsibility. And so they've probably gone to a safer pair of hands with Will Young. Yeah. That's for Lancashire. Uh, I think they've got strength in depth. I mean, that top order, Bahannon looks a really good player. Um, Keaton Jennings, 318 last week. Luke Wells gets runs regularly. So their batting's good. And then Tom Bailey, what a, <laughs> what a bowler he is. You know, he's just there or thereabouts. He's on the money all the time. And he's, uh, I think he's, he's a wonderful cricketer. He's one of the unsung heroes of the county game, isn't he? Well, you, you, anybody like that, and Chris Rushworth is another, and you think, well, there's no pace, he's 75, 78 miles an hour. The one asset, they're tall. And yeah. so they'll get a little bit of bounce, and them lads will tell you, I know exactly where it's going. I played with one. I play, I've got to tell you this story. I play, <laughs> when I started, my first captain was Brian Statham, Statham and Truman. One of the greatest bowlers England have ever had, Brian Statham, totally uncomplicated fella. And I did an interview with him and I, I threw him a cricket ball. I said, come on, Brian, show us how it was done. And he just said, I have no idea. <laughs> said, I just let it go. When I let it go, sometimes it had moved this way. Sometimes it had moved that way. I didn't know. The batter didn't know. What I did know 
is where I was going to put it. And he was deadly accurate and a bit quicker than Tom Bailey. So that's why he took his thousands of wickets. Bailey comes on and bowls a bit of off-spin at times as well. And they turn and bounce. And yeah, he gets, you know, he's a, he's a quality bowler. Look at this lad, Topley. Topley's no pace at all, but he's unbelievably tall. And he will get bounce and he's got a great angle. Keith Barker's another, no pace. Yeah. He's yeah, getting yeah. people out. Yeah. Yeah, Barker's a magnificent cricketer. Uh, was for Warwickshire, is for Hampshire. Right, one final game in Division 1. What could have been, it was down at Taunton, I was there. It could have been a really exciting final day. In the end, the rain just ruined all chances. It was odd. On the first morning, so the ECB had given all the clubs, because of the heat, the opportunity to have shortened days. And I know they did in a couple of places. I think they did up at North Amps. They did it. Cheltenham and so they were still umming and ahhing about that before play they decided to play the full day I mean I say only it was 31 degrees which is hot it's way too hot for someone like me who just needs it to be about 12 degrees but it's not dangerously hot by lunchtime they were off for rain it was a ridiculous day they had missed a couple of hours um Somerset made 424 first up Tom Abel 116 Lewis Gregory for 70 got 77 remarkable stat on Tom Abel was that it was the first time he'd made a Red Bull 100 at Taunton with a crowd in since 2015. The only other couple he'd got were in the Bob Willis Trophy season behind closed doors. So lovely moment because he is loved down there. Don Best bowled beautifully, I thought, four for 68 for him. He was absolutely superb with the ball. At one point, he bowled 13 overs for 12 runs or something of that ilk. Yorkshire, 276. It was all about Tom Kohler cadmore really. He made exactly 100. It was one of those odd moments because, you know, cricket fans, they would always applaud an away player's 100. But I think there was a little bit, was with Cola Cadmore, because he's joining Somerset, they were like, oh, okay, a few nudges. This lad can play a bit. So first of many, hopefully. Harry Brook looked a million dollars for 41. Uh, and then he, as Jack Brook said afterwards, got him out of a rank long hop that was basically clipped to mid-wicket. Um, and a little bit of lack of depth, I think, in Yorkshire's batting lineup. Somerset batted again, 2-5 for six. It's your butler ended up 88 not out so they were 373 ahead going to the final day the thinking was they were probably gonna bat on for a little bit but then make sure they had a chance of a couple of new balls but it was completely rain ruined in the end Bumble what do you make of Yorkshire this season on the playing field and it's a bit seems to be a bit of a difficult time you know David Willey's gone or will be going Tom Kohler Cadmore too so they're just struggling a little bit to retain players as well yeah, I suppose they're bracing themselves that there may be others leave as well. Um, Harry Brook is a wonderful cricketer and that is going to be a massive asset for them. And he, I think he has re-signed. The experience that they get at the top from Adam Lythe, who's a you know, wonderful cricketer. Um, Don Bess is interesting. He joined from Somerset. Dawin Milan from Middlesex. How long are they going to stay? And so for, from Yorkshire's perspective, and I, I, I live in Yorkshire, I'm just north of York, uh, I think they want to get this season over with and then they can settle down. They've got a lovely coach. He's magnificent, actually. Otis Gibson is one of the very... Mm. But there's no secret that they've had a very difficult time. And, you know, it is a fabulous club. It, it is one of the iconic cricket clubs, Yorkshire Cricket Club. And again, I've talked about Scarborough and I've talked about Cheltenham 
I absolutely love Eddie Lee. I like the rawness of Eddie Lee. I think that is a raw place. It is, and I like I like a bit of raw. <laughs> yeah, and another name we haven't mentioned, Jordan Thompson. I really like. He seems to be. Yeah. He's the kind of cricket. If you're the if you're the skipper and you need a wicket, you're just going to chuck the ball to Jordan Thompson. He seems to make things happen. They keep him. Can they keep Thompson? Because there will be other counties who will be sniffing at him. Fingers crossed from a Yorkshire perspective. And Dan, Somerset, I mean, you're a kind of adopted West Country man now. I know Gloucestershire is where you're at. Um, they would be disappointed with losing that final day, Somerset, because they'd have thought they could push on for victory. Yeah, and they need a win badly as well. I'm chuffed mm. for Tom Abel, though, because I really like Tom Abel. He's a natural leader. Um, when we went and did the Pushing the Boundaries show down in Taunton, Tom Abel's there. He knows everyone at the club from the bar staff and they all know him. He's approachable, but he's a natural leader of men. And uh, I really have got a hell of a lot of time for Tom Abel. Yeah, you can. You don't need a, a temperature thermometer to work out whether what it's like at Taunton. It was, you just look at Tom Abel's face on Saturday after that semi-final defeat in the blast. Like, he really feels it and he, he, bless him, he can't hide it. You can see on his face, he was almost inconsolable, like doing the press after a defeat like that for him is one of the hardest things. And then it was a lovely moment on Tuesday after the game, after day one, he'd made the hundred and he just had this, he walked over towards the press with this beaming grin. And you just kind of think, right, all is right in Taunton again, when Tom Avel is smiling, but they go to Essex on Monday, Somerset, Simon Harmer country. They really do need to pick up a victory that, you know, whatever the county championship looks like next season, you do not want to be finishing in the bottom two this no, time around they need a win badly and uh you know I, I think that i can't see them going to essex and getting a result i think it's one of the, the sort of toughest places to go chelmsford and go and go and get a result and i think uh i think they're in trouble i think they're in big trouble and i'm disappointed because obviously you know tom jack brooks is a friend of mine steve kirby's a friend of mine down there and you know i like them as a club but um yeah i think they're they're in a they're in a little bit of trouble and strife, Samuel. Well, one, one of the great sledges that you mentioned, Steve Kirby. There, <laughs> Steve Kirby was playing for Yorkshire against Michael Atherton, so it's years and years ago. I think Atherton at the time was captain of England, and Kirby's this young whippersnapper, this ginger red-haired lad who's coming stepping in, and he's got one past Atherton's bat, and he's gone straight down to him and said the immortal words. I've seen better batters in my fridge. To which Hatherton said, I beg your pardon. <laughs> he's an amazing man, Steve Kirby. I, I love him. He He's notoriously terrible as a bowling coach with the mitt. Like he cannot catch when they're bowling at him. And he's got this, the other week, he's got this huge bruise on his left shin, I think it is, um, from a ball striking him. So he now... He does his pre-match warm-up in full keeping gear, which I've never seen from a bowling coach. He's got the pads on. Uh, he's out there. Just a magnificent character. Everything he does is wholehearted. Atherton retired after that game. That was Atherton's last game. Was it? Yeah. Was it, it? Kirby got him out for a pair. He got a pair in that game. And Atherton oh, probably right. retired. And Kirby right. said he's probably <laughs> had enough of this ginger lunatic having a go at him. <laughs> 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 oh brilliant right right I've got a half an eye on the time so let's go into Division 2 three games down there I mean it's all about runs in Division 2 this year and the, 
and this week in particular, no better place to start, I think, than Leicestershire. I'll always call it Grace Road, whatever else the sponsors say. Now, Leicestershire batted first. They made 5-8-4. It was their highest total at Grace Road since 2004. Vian Mulder, I think, got a double 100 last week, followed it up with 156. Ben Mike, who I really liked too, made 91. But then Glamorgan, 795 for five. Chris Cook made 191. Colin Ingram made 139. Sam Northeast made 410, not out. It was Glamorgan's best first-class score. He's in the realms of kind of Graham Hick and Brian Lara in terms of those to get 400 above. His previous best was 191, so he's beaten his own personal best by, what, 219. And then they declared about lunchtime unbroken partnership, so he could have gone on. Northeast was 410, not out. Chris Cook, 191, not out. The perfectly timed declaration in the end. Leicestershire bowled out for 183. Mr. Hogan and Mr. Nisa taking seven wickets between them. I mean, Bumble, when people attack county cricket and when people say, oh, it only exists to serve England, uh, a little bit of me dies every time I hear someone say that. And I think Sam Northeast, I think Dan Northcross came on the podcast at the start and said he is the perfect example because he's probably not going to play for England now. That time's been and gone. But he's still, at the end of last season, he's going, right, where can I go and play county cricket? Because that's what I want to keep doing. And he's having a wonderful season. And he may never play for England, but he's a wonderful player at that level. Well, this is his third county. And I, well, I know that he's been a Neely player. He's, he was a Neely player at Kent. And I've mentioned it two or three times on this podcast, consistency. You've got to be consistent. It's not just an eye-catching innings a season. You've got to churn them out time and time again. And he, he's a very, very talented batsman, make no mistake. And the concentration level and the stamina that he's shown in getting 400, you, well, you take your cap off to him. That is a, a monumental effort. But he might reflect. He might just look back on his career and think, if I'd have been more consistent, if I'd have done more, he would have been right in the frame. You know, there are players like James Hildreth who, you know, he's another that you'd always talk about, why is he not playing for England? Why is he not? And he, you're just a nearly player. And then you look at, at Glamorgan's opening attack and it was a super declaration from a chap called David Lloyd, apparently. I can't remember being down there. But anyway, um, it's probably an age thing. I wasn't aware that I'd signed for him. But Nisa and Hogan, look at the experience. Look at that experience. And Nisa, just with that little bit of pace, Hogan with a bit of guile, and they did the business. Yeah, fantastic. Dan, I know you are a pal of Matt Maynard as well. It might hurt you a little bit as a Middlesex fan to see them skipping above you into second, but they've got a real chance. There's magic things happening down there. Yeah, definitely. And, and Northeast, Northeast had a reputation, didn't he, of being maybe a slightly difficult character. And Matthew Maynard has sort of harnessed that talent. He's a good coach and he, he's, you know, difficult characters don't phase him. And he's, he's managed to sort of harness that talent and get the best out of him. But firstly, how can you lose after getting 585? I mean, it's just outrageous, isn't it? Uh, but it's all about Northeast, 410. It beat Steve James's 309 against Sussex at Colwyn Bay. I think that was 2001, maybe, something like that, 2002. 
And before that, I think it was Emrys Williams who uh, got two eight seven, I think, for uh, for Glamorgan. So, um, but no, absolutely fantastic, and it looks like a, a run fest there. And for them to bowl that side out, you know, bowl Leicestershire out for two hundred odd or whatever. That's the key in games like that, where it's five hundred plays seven hundred or whatever. Then to bowl the side out for two hundred, that's the key, isn't it? Yeah, really special victory for them. Uh, Leicestershire will be disappointed not having the best time of it. I mean, they would have hoped to have been in the last quarterfinals and then that points deduction ruled them out. So tough season for them, but still a little bit of time to go to turn it around. Right, let's jump into the other games in Division 2. Two draws. Let's first go to the kind of East Midlands derby. Derbyshire versus Nottinghamshire at Derbyshire. Notts piled on runs and big runs, 618 for eight, Hasib Hamid, 196. Ben Duckett, 241. Those two put on 402, just short of the record partnership ever, I believe, for Nottinghamshire in first-class cricket. Derbyshire, 318. Brooke Guest, 109. What a season Brooke Guest is having. His four first-class 100. They were following on, not pushing for the win, but Derbyshire held out 249 for four. Harry Kane made 70. Lewis Reese made 86. I mean, not quite, not quite running away with it in the way that everyone predicted Bumble, but Ben Duckett looks like a man. I mean, he's played a bit of England before. He's scoring runs, lots of them consistently. He scored runs for the England Lions against South Africa last week. There were potential questions about maybe his attitude or maturity first time around, but he looks to be in a good place now. Yeah, and, and I think that's important to be in a good place and to settle down. It, it, it may be that he's he's been a bit awkward from time to time in his career, but the penny will drop with these players. This is what I need to do. This is what my job is. And his job at number three is to score runs and plenty of them. And that word consistency came out again. Uh, Amid gets 196. Now, what a player he is, what a talent he is. Now, is he heeding what McCullum and Stokes are saying? Because you've got to be able to change gear. Forget what they're saying. Forget what they're saying. I'll tell you. You've got to be able to get in and then kick on. Not just to keep going at the same pace. You've got to be game aware. You've got to be aware of what your contribution to the game is. Not just to go out and have a bat. You've got to make sure that you're you're giving your team the best possible chance to win. Now, again, I think that that lad is very, very talented and the penny will drop. It certainly looks like it's starting to. Not still top, so I should give them some credit. 15 points clear of Glamorgan in second, Middlesex and Derbyshire in third and fourth, respectively. And Dan... Final game then of this round. Would you believe 39 degrees or whatever it was in London on Tuesday? And Tim Murta has walked back into the dressing room, having done the toss and said, right, lads, we're going out to have a bowl. Heads must must have dropped. It nearly worked for them. Sussex made 523. Tom Olsop, 100. Chetishwar Pajara, 231 not out. His third double 100 of the summer. Pfeiffer for Tom Helm. Middlesex, 405. John Simpson, friend of the podcast, made a hundred. Sussex then 
181 for nine in the end when it was called a draw but they had been 96 for seven so i looked at the scorecard at about lunchtime on what was day four there the lead was maybe 150 and if middlesex had taken those last few wickets quickly there could have been an outside chance of a victory but dan tom Howe nine for 149 in the match just struggled with injuries started the season in the team got injured came back in the blast but there's a serious potential bowler in there yeah, he's 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 a very good bowler, and he's he's going to be the replacement for for Murta and Roland Jones when they go. Middlesex will be disappointed with that, though. That's a game that if you if you want to go up, you you know you need to beat Sussex at home, and they'll be very very disappointed. But John Simpson's a very good player who uh, I think personally has been very unlucky not to play for England, and uh, I think he's he's probably the most natural wicket keeper in the country. And that includes Ben Folks. People talk about Ben Folks being world class. I'm not sure he's even the best keeper in London. <laughs> well, he he probably gets you know Bamba and Murta, brilliant bowlers, but Simpson up to the stumps just puts that pressure on, and he's straight up, isn't he? Even if the ball's relatively new, he gets loads of LBWs because he pins a batsman back into his crease. You see, by standing up, batsman can't get forward to the likes of. Bamba and Murta and Simpson pins them back. And that's that's the advantage of having a wonderful wicketkeeper there. Yeah, and Sussex, Bumble, you know, starting to be kind of a few rays of hope for them. Performance. They signed Tom Alsop from Hampshire now on a permanent deal. I think that's a good signing. Pajara, I mean, it's a bit of a cheat code, I think, to have him in Division 2 cricket. There was a young tailender called Aristides Carvelas, a Greek international. I think he's Aussie-born, but Greek international. He made an unbeaten 50 and picked up his first couple of county championship wickets. So uh, there's a, it's a very young side down there. They've got a few experienced heads in the likes of Steve Finn, um, but it's just a period of rebuilding for them. Hasn't the chief executive, Rob Andrew, isn't it, the rugby lad, hasn't he come out and said that, you know, need a bit of time, we need a bit of patience, uh, which is usually the case when you get a lot of young kids in your senior players then have a great responsibility. Your senior players have got to be spot on and bring young players through. You know, nothing better. I don't think it's changed that you sit down after a game and you have a yarn, you have a chat, you have a Coca-Cola or you have a beer or whatever. And you're chatting through what's gone right, what's gone wrong. And you're just getting knowledge in. I assume it's still the same that the senior players have a role to play. And teams get into transition. It might be that you know, you look at Hove, he's a super place for bowling fast, coming down the hill, come down there fast. They, they, they want a fast bowler. They want somebody who's quick. Yeah, that does make all the difference. Just remember, I've just looked at my notes. I've missed out poor Brad Curry, who took 6 for 93 on his debut for Sussex. So that's not a bad debut. I mean, Dan, they had Jack Brooks on loan last week. And it's great for Jack Brooks to get a couple of games fitness. And now he's back in the Somerset side. But... There's also value in him going into that Sussex dressing room and them just having a couple of weeks of picking the brains of someone like Jack Brooks. Yeah, definitely. But what I'm, I'm more impressed, Sam, with your Greek pronunciation there of the, uh, the was it, say that again, say his name again. I know the listeners can go back and listen to it, to it again if they want to hear it. I think <laughs> you can't beat you can't beat perfection. Well, Sam, you're now living in North London, mate, and you know it's uh, your Greek comes becomes fluent when you're living around here in Southgate, definitely. So, uh... oh, I'm still very much waiting. Right, that rounds us up. I think we've been through all 
all the games, all eight of them in the county championship this week, some brilliant cricket. They go again on Monday, We're recording here on Sunday morning. So in 24 hours time, players will be on the coaches right now, probably making their way to the away trips. The county grind is well and truly well underway. It's been underway a while. Thank you very much, Bumble, for your time on this Sunday morning. Have you got a nice Sunday planned? Uh, no, we're, we're moving house, so you know there's a lot of cleaning, a lot of boxes. Oh, what's in here? Do we need this? Chuck it in the skip. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Sounds like a perfect Sunday. Dan, I reckon you're going to be less productive today. Yeah, I've got to do my research notes. So I've got a four-day coming up against Northamptonshire, Gloucestershire v Northamptonshire, so I'm back to Cheltenham at six o'clock tomorrow, so... It's going to be uh, doing my research notes and then nice early early night, early start. I'll be in bed by half past eight with my Horlicks and uh, a good book. Oh, absolutely fantastic. Well, speaking of uh, good books, I've just had delivered a copy of Paul Edwards' latest book, which is a, a collection of his cricket writing. And I just can't wait to sit down and read that. Bumble's nodding his head. Yeah, top man, Paul, top man. Yeah, he was at Cheltenham last week as well. He likes Cheltenham. He's a big fan of Cheltenham. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's you know, he's a wonderful, wonderful writer. Yeah, and, and having had the the privilege of meeting him a couple of times, I've got his voice in my head. So it's, it's called Summer Days Promise, his book, but I'll be reading the reports. You know when you have someone who you can just hear him reading it to you? I can't actually wait to sit down with that this afternoon. So yeah, David Griffin on from Derbyshire. We, I, so I know David Griffin. We're going to get him on. Um, he's get fantastic, him. isn't he? Yeah. I, him and I was at Lords earlier in the season. I did Derbyshire versus Middlesex BBC commentary with Dave Fletcher, the Derbyshire commentator, and then yeah. Dave Griffin. And what a pair they are! They're fantastic, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, good stuff. Uh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Uh, right. Well, Dave Griffin's coming up. Paul Edwards is going to come and talk about his book at some point as well. When I've had a chance to read it, I'm going to start that this afternoon. Thank you very much to everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. Annie, I know you're listening. Can't wait to have you back very soon as well. It's not the same without you. We will return after this next round of county championship fixtures. We'll be back end of next week. But until then, look after yourselves and stay safe. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking We won't give it a rest And as a matter of fact It's time to get it off our chests Cricket, 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 cricket Podcast Network.